sharing it is the place where we share our scares with each other and you isn't that nice it is so nice <laughs> <laughs> give me a little sugar and a little spice yeah that's what we do sugar and spice yeah here i'm i'm sugar you're spice i guess i'm spice <laughs> you're the spice girls which kind of spice i'm uh nutmeg no oh i like that <laughs> nutmeg or i was gonna be coming <laughs> but you truly are jeremy the sasquatch slim rusk and you are brandy joe planbeck the flaming scream queen so true jeremy so you're in your new house you are coming at us from your new living room or dining room dining room yep our new dining room i am it's crazy well congratulations and i have to say I know before you had mentioned you didn't think it was like haunted or anything, but now that you've like spent a night there or two, like <gasps> now ooh, do you feel ooh. like there is a presence? No, oh. no, unfortunately okay. for me, fortunately you know, for Sarah, unfortunately for me. <laughs> do you know how often I ask that question to people? Like people must be all like, the time. So weird. It's <laughs> like it is like my go-to, like getting to know people. I'm like, is your house haunted? <laughs> That's Especially awesome. like like through like the computer when I have like new like teammates or whatever. It's always my go-to question. I don't know. I, it's, it's a good it's one. It's a better. I mean, it's more interesting than like, I don't know, like how long have you been wanting to do this or whatever? Oh, yeah. I don't even ask people like what they do for a job. I know that's such an like old school, the traditional like meeting somebody as an adult for the first time. You're like, what do you do for a living? Um, but like, I don't even think to ask that usually when I meet new people. And, you know, I'm always like, like when I meet someone, like sometimes I take like pictures of like, like high school kids and they come with like their mom to like do their headshots. And I'm always like, how do I ask this question? Like, because I don't want to be like, what do you do in case, like, perhaps the mom is like a stay-at-home mom, and I don't want to like make her feel bad, at, like, by asking her what she does. And I, and I don't mm -hmm. know, maybe a stay-at-home mom would be like, oh, I, I just stay at home. Maybe she would have no feelings about it whatsoever. I'm just like, what is the best way to like ask this and let them know it's okay if you're just a stay-at-home mom too, <laughs> or mm -hmm. stay-at-home dad, whatever. Yeah. yeah, whatever. So, Jeremy, it's so good to see you. I'm so. Yes so happy for you that your move happened and that you're in a new place that must just feel so good yeah it's 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 been we've been working on this for a minute so it's cool uh so far the neighbors seem pretty nice too like we didn't move into a neighborhood that's like what are y'all doing here like scary neighbors or anything it's not like, like the so. burbs not like the burbs no no one has come up to be like who are these weirdos what are they doing <laughs> so everyone <laughs> seems really nice so i like that too has anyone brought you like an apple pie or cookies or anything? Nothing like that yet. Rude. I know, right? They're not that great, but hopefully we'll work up to <laughs> food exchanges. That's how you win me over. Yeah, for sure. Do you know what I did last night? Um, a friend of ours, well, it's a couple, Jeffrey and James, they had a, a bunch of us like AA buddies over and each of us brought a pizza from our favorite like local place. So there were, mm. I think we had like nine different pizzas oh, wow. and then like like i literally tried a piece of every single one of them awesome. and then we sort of like talked about which one was the best but there was this place on like woodward and like 12 or 13 mile the pizza was 24 inches the slices were like 12 inches because it's like half of the pizza holy like, cow it was the biggest pizza i've ever seen in my life it looked fake and i ate a giant piece of pizza and it was amazing <laughs> that's awesome what uh what pizza did you take I took Nick's Pizza, which is like by the train tracks on Nine Mile. Oh, okay. And I brought pineapple and feta, which I was like, no one's going to eat this. And everyone ate it and everyone fucking loved it because it is such weird. a good combo. It is weird. Yeah, that is a weird one. I'm not a big pineapple guy. But okay. I know the usual is pineapple and ham, and I don't like that combo. So yep. Yep. yeah, so maybe feta would change it up. It might. It's it's yeah. an interesting combo. And if you're out there listening, I would love to know what your favorite weird pizza is. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us. Tell us. But Tell speaking us. of hearing from people, you have a, we have a, a terrorgram. I yes, we do. We have a terrorgram from my very brother. 
uh, Robert. Your Bert. very brother? My very much my brother. Very much. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't Bert. know where I'm going. But my very own brother. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> I like your very brother. My very brother. He is very brother. Uh, sorry, I am still drinking coffee as well. Uh, and I was just thinking too, that's what I did yesterday was my brother and my dad came over. Uh, and thank God they did because I wouldn't have gotten our yard done without them. I had to rake the backyard because, you know, uh, moving into the new house, like what the prior owners moved out, like just as the fall season was setting in mm. uh, and the house is sat here now, like, you know, with us not occupying it for a few weeks. So it was very much covered in leaves everywhere. Ah. And we mm -hmm. have a couple of really big trees. So that was a lot of leaf droppage. So it took like all afternoon. <laughs> so I bet. Oh boy. Anyway, home ownership, man. That's right. Here we go. Up from the depths, 30 stories high, breathing fire, his head in the sky. Godzilla. That's the theme song from the Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Um, November 3rd, 1954, Gojira was released in Japan. Less than a decade after the atomic bombs were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the film serves as a grim reminder of the horrors that the people faced and the utter destruction that such weapons are capable of. When the film was first released, it was viewed as a dumb monster movie by the Japanese. It wasn't until the release of Godzilla King of the Monsters in America a year later uh, that the film was now being viewed as the metaphor of atomic weapons. Uh, this marked the beginning of a new genre of films in Japan, kaiju. This type of film dominated in the 60s and 70s in Japan. It was like the Western craze here in America. Like all crazes, it eventually died down, except for Godzilla. He has endured and changed in ways that no one could have foresaw. Over the last 67 years, Godzilla has gone from a metaphor for nuclear weapons to a superhero, a force of nature, and now he is a cultural ambassador for Japan. And that is true. He is officially a cultural ambassador of Japan. Wow. His impact on society is on par with Superman, an icon that is recognized everywhere. Godzilla films have always been present in my life. I can't remember a time before them. I am a hardcore G fan, so you guys talking about them here brings me a lot of joy. I know that everyone keeps recommending Shin Godzilla, and it is a, a good, odd choice, uh, but I would love to hear Brandy Joe's opinions on some of the older and crazier ones, like Final Wars. Being who I am, I have always thought to myself what my Godzilla film would be like, and honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> of course, I would love to do a versus movie, but uh, taking him back to basics also would be good. Just a monster on a rampage, simple and sweet. With that being said, what would you guys do if you had to make one? Uh, and then he's got a list here that I, these are some of his recommendations he gives to people for uh, kaiju films, which would be King Kong versus Godzilla, the original uh, from the 60s, I think. Uh, invasion of the Astro Monster. Uh, and a little trivia here, also known as Godzilla versus Monster Zero in America. Mm. Okay. Uh, destroy all monsters. Godzilla 1998. I I would say, Robert, that one's kind of controversial, I know, but we both have a soft spot for it. That's the first American one with like Matthew Broderick. Mm. Uh, yeah, Roland Emmerich directed it. And I know like a lot of people hate it, but it's kind of fun. Uh, let's see. Godzilla Mothra, King Ghidorah, All Out Monsters Attack, Godzilla Final Wars. And then he threw in a Gamera movie, Gamera Guardian of the Universe, oh, which boy. is like the one truly good Gamera movie. I do Godzilla in space. Has that happened? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, uh, in his list, Invasion of Astro Monster is uh, Godzilla gets kidnapped and taken to another planet by aliens oh. to fight oh. a monster there. So oh, I like that. That sounds yep. fun. I think Godzilla in space is fun. Like, I like, he's only actually gone to space like once or twice, but I think putting him in outer space fighting aliens is a cool idea. I think I'd also like if someone like, like a witch cast a spell and then Godzilla was like talking and we knew what he was thinking. That'd be cool too. And I would like to know his thoughts. They did it uh, again. They did that in one movie too. Oh my God. It's all and it only, done. It only exists in like, it's only in one scene though, where like some scientist makes this machine uh, that like one of the side effects is it like can translate what the monsters are saying. So there's a scene okay. of Godzilla just like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. My movie would be the long sought after Holy Grail from like hardcore kaiju fans, which would be Godzilla versus Gamera. 
that's the one I would want to see happen. It's never happened because they're owned by different studios. Ah, It almost happened because the movie uh, Robert lists your Gamera Guardian of the Universe. That's from like the late 90s, early 2000s. Like Gamera, the studio that owned him, kind of like stopped. They they didn't have enough money to really make their own movies anymore. So they started like licensing out their uh, properties. And Toho briefly owned Gamera at that time period and they were able to do some movies and then they kept saying maybe we'll mash him up with Godzilla and finally make that fight happen of the two most famous Japanese kaiju uh but it never came to be for whatever reason and and Gamera's the big turtle Gamera's the big turtle and now Gamera's kind of slipped back more into obscurity for the hardcore weirdos like me and Godzilla's more famous than he's ever been now he's more popular than ever now so and what about like Godzilla versus like natural disasters, like tackling like a tornado or like that'd a be, giant wave? That'd be cool too. Like Godzilla saves Japan from a tsunami. Yes, like, I think that sounds fun. I think that would be fun too. Like and, I like, would the, see that. The ultimate twist is like the tsunami actually is like a spiritual, like it is a monster. We just think it's like a natural disaster, but like it's come to find out as Godzilla like, gets in there to take care of it that it's actually caused by yeah aliens or something. It, yeah. It's always it's always aliens or a mad scientist usually in those types of movies when he's or why fighting, not like an alien mad scientist? Uh, yeah, are, I mean, are, are, are all aliens just mad scientists? Uh, in Godzilla movies, yes. <laughs> Because it's like in Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Yeah, they were kind of like, you think they're mad scientists and they're like, we're actually aliens. And then they're actually like planet of the apes, like apes too, when they <laughs> take off their human masks. So Now, I'm not a planet of the apes fan, but the other day there was the clip of like them coming across, spoiler alert, but it's like super old, <laughs> across like the, the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. The first time you saw it, did you know that twist or were you like, what the fuck? I knew the twist going oh, okay. in because it, it was one of those like, but you know, because those movies came out so long ago and it had already permeated pop culture that like through my parents, like being fans of the old one, I knew exactly what was going on to begin with, that it was Earth all along. So, but that was a big twist and I bet it, it was blew, blew people's mind back. In sure, the day. sure. I, I used to love those as a kid. They used to do Planet of the Apes marathons. That's something that reminds me of Christmas time, weirdly, because it seemed to be one of those end of the year things on the cable channels where they're like Planet of the Apes marathon for Christmas. So I'd watch those as a kid. Yeah. And be like, oh, these are great. They all seem like the same movie over and over, but these are fun. On my husband's podcast, Three Funny Ladies, check it out. It's amazing. They were just talking about The Wizard of Oz and how they show that every year on Easter, which is like such a weird, like, why? Like, what does it have to do with Jesus yeah. rising or Easter bunnies? But I remember that, too, all the time. Yep. And uh, Star Wars for me. On Easter, like, too? Well, not Easter, but Christmas. Oh, oh, on Christmas. Star, Star Wars is a big Christmas time movie. And I'm like, what does that have to do? It's in a galaxy far, far away. Christmas doesn't even exist. <laughs> like, but... <laughs> is that when all the movies tend to come out? I remember one of them came out around that time. One of the newer ones. They used to be like summer releases. And that would make for, sense. For some reason, um, these new batch of movies, Disney zeroed in on Christmas as the release time. So I think that's helped solidify it even because it used to be cable. I feel like cable channels used to be like a lot of people are going to be at home around the holidays. A lot of eyeballs on TV. We got to bust out the big name movies and put them on cable. Like, you know, you get your Star Wars and Lord of the Rings is on all the time and uh, Planet of the Apes, like any big franchise. They Godzilla. In fact, I used to grow up think you know godzilla is like always on around the holidays on cable channels give the people what they want yeah give them like the big huge marquee name franchises because people will tune in because they'll be like oh i know that name so let's watch this so fun stuff yeah well thank you bert yes thank you bert and i was gonna say too he mentioned a couple times in there the movie godzilla final wars which is insane i would say it borders on so bad it's good kind of like movie where it was in the late 2000s i don't know i can't remember what year but it was a period where toho was like we're gonna do a big godzilla movie and then not make any for a long time so this is gonna be you know a huge blowout of a godzilla movie so they did godzilla final wars which features godzilla fighting like every single monster that's like ever appeared in the toho 
kaiju movie. So it's got like 20 monsters in it or something like that. And just fighting, fighting, fighting. The humans are all like characters from the Matrix or something. Cause then there's a side plot of the humans fighting aliens, of course, with like karate. They're just like flying through the air and doing crazy ninja moves and have swords. It's insane. Give the people what they want. It's hard to describe, but yeah. So that one's kind of divisive because I know a lot of people hate it because it's just totally cheesy. Uh, And other people love it because it's totally cheesy. This sounds like something I would love. It sounds like something you would be like, why the fuck am I watching this? (laughs) But but in the right context, it does sound like something like a strange cinema Saturday event. Like they should definitely consider some of these Godzilla movies. Yeah, that sounds fun. Well, feel free to write to us, scaringasharing at gmail.com, which is how Bert reached out to us, or on the Insta, scaringasharing. Yes. So... The last time we met was pre-Halloween. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we met after, but we didn't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> because we were no. talking about our second movie. So did yep. you have a good Halloween? Oh, yes. I guess I did. I'm trying to remember what even happened on Halloween. Uh, we actually had come over to the new house before having moved into it. We were here on Halloween itself, bringing over you know loads of our stuff uh, to drop off. Uh, but we made sure to have Halloween candy because it was Halloween night and we did get a few gangs of kids coming through. So we got to pass out candy at the new house. Like knocking at your door? Yes, knocking okay. at the door. Because so. around here in Hazel Park, Ferndale, when I drove home from the show that night, I noticed anyone handing out candy was like stationed out in their yard. Oh, like weird. that seems like how people were doing it this year. Yeah. If oh. I don't know if it's been like that. I mean, we generally don't have candy, so we just leave our light off and don't wear Scroogies, even though I love Halloween. Like we just do that. But like, it seemed like everyone around here was like stationed outside. So like if you came to a house and there wasn't someone outside, you wouldn't like go up to the door. So I wasn't sure if that's how it worked in your neighborhood, but apparently yeah. they, just, they just come right up and knock. Yeah. I love uh, giving out candy. On Halloween, because first and foremost, as much as we love Halloween, Halloween is for the kids. Like, it's absolutely a child holiday, you know, the childlike wonder. Like, I love I love to keep that in mind, the fun, the whimsy of Halloween. So I love handing out candy in Hazel Park, though. Uh, we never got kids like yeah. ever. The few years I was there, it was every Halloween was maybe like one kid, two kids at like. It, the sun wasn't even down yet it was still like daylight and you'd get like one small kid maybe and then no one the rest of the night so i just i don't think it's as big there but over here yeah we had uh i would say four or five different groups of kids i think show up so that was fun so you know the whole like check your candy because you might have like a razor blade in your apple that whole mm-hmm. urban legend yeah so the the folks who did that film cropsy you remember yes. that? Yes. Like that documentary. They're, they have another one called like Urban, Le- it's not Urban Legends, but it's something like that. Killer Legends. Killer Legends. And you watch that? Yes. And they talk about how like there's no reported cases of like anyone ever having like a It ever happening. Yep. But like that guy like poisoned his like son his own or kids. nephew. Yeah. Like, and I can't remember why. Like, it wasn't like he hated them and wanted to kill them. There was, like, some weird I thought he reason. had, like, a life insurance policy on them. That might like be that. it, yeah. I think that's what it was. He, like, he weirdly. poisoned his own kid. Yeah, which is unusual to take a life insurance policy out on a kid, but he did. And then I think he was trying to collect the money. Yeah, that is so fucked up. Yes. That's, that's more what I fucked think... up than putting a razor blade in a random kid's apple. That's what sure. I think it was. But, yeah, th- those, those are good movies. I liked those documentaries. Yeah, I would like to rewatch Cropsy. I I remember Killer Legend was fun because I'm into those sorts of things, but I don't remember being like this is I that stands out to me. I can't tell you anything else in there, but Cropsy, I remember people loving. I just don't really. I remember it being sad. Yes, I remember feeling really sad and it being like a really uncomfortable story because it's like a tragic story. Yeah. Um, but a weird documentary. Yeah. So what did you watch on Halloween? Anything? On Halloween itself. I watched two of the three movies that made us on Netflix. I watched oh, the cool. Nightmare on Elm Street one and the Halloween one. And then yeah. I've since watched the Friday the 13th one. And they're fun. Like I, I, Watching like all three very close together, you get a little exhausted of the format. Because it's like very like kitschy and like, oh, look at how clever we are. And it's very fun at first. I started yes. with Nightmare on Elm Street. And then it gets a little like, okay, 
Okay, yeah. you're going to use all the clips from the show to like drive home your funny jokes and yep. and quips. But I every single one of them I learned something I did not know before. So that sure. was fun. I've yeah. seen the I've seen the Christmas ones. I watched when they did the season of uh, it was Elf and then the Nightmare Before Christmas, and I watched both of those. Yeah, and they have Die Hard and Home Alone too. Yeah, yeah, not Home Alone so, two, but Home Alone also as as well. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, I like to find out. Like, I feel like this year, like I I think I said this before too. Like I've been doing the same thing over and over, where I try to binge as many horror movies as I can over the course of uh, the Halloween season, if you will. Uh, this year, as with most years, I had a really heavy focus on the Halloween series itself. Uh, I watched almost all of them. I think I watched all of them, but like two uh, this year. Okay. Um, no resurrection, I imagine. I didn't get resurrection in. I would have. I would watch the whole series if I had the time, but I just, I didn't, I put off the ones I don't like at, like at all. So resurrection and Rob Zombie's Halloween two were the two I didn't get to, but I watched all the rest of the series again. And I was trying to change it up because I usually get to Halloween day itself. And like historically I'll end up watching a Halloween movie, one of them or something, but I kind of changed it up this year and I went old school and I watched the haunted palace, uh, which is a Vincent price flick from the late fifties. 60s something like that it's one of the roger corman directed uh vincent price movies it's actually i think as far as anyone knows the first screen adaptation of hp lovecraft oh um because they they bill it as edgar Allan poe's the haunted palace uh which they took the title and like a little bit of dialogue from an edgar Allan poe poem but oh, the rest of the okay. story is actually an H.P. Lovecraft story that they adapted. Uh, and it also is the first use in a movie ever of the Necronomicon. Oh. Yep. So it beats Evil Dead. It has the Necronomicon in there because that's from Lovecraft. That's where H.P. or that's where uh, Evil Dead stole it was from H.P. So speaking so. of Vincent Price, the other things I watched this week were Eli Roth's History of Horror. I watched um, Holiday Horror last night and then... Um, apocalyptic horror or something like that i think and they oh, talked sure. about what's that will smith movie i am legend and i am the legend two yeah. iterations of it before including yeah. that vincent last, price one yeah the last man on earth uh, yes and i i didn't like i knew it had been adapted before but i i knew the omega man and i didn't really know that one but i knew that there was another one yeah. and they talked about how and they showed clips of like night of the living dead and how night of the living dead really owes a lot of what it got yes. from that movie a la halloween with black christmas like i thought that was sort of fascinating i was like oh it really is very similar it's like it's incredibly similar and last yeah. man on earth is my favorite adaptation of all of them i know some people argue that's oh, cheesy and cheap but i'm like yeah but it's like the most atmospheric and coolest one because the omega man feels so much like a 70s action movie and you know charlton heston wanted to be like we're gonna take this story and really turn it into like my action vehicle and then they did the same thing with will smith with i am legend where i'm like no it should be more about the monsters and this guy is trapped alone with no escape with these monsters so and someone on my Facebook talked about that witch movie that you like so much that oh. you watched recently that like is like atmospheric and has like oh. a twist in it. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, City of the Dead. Yes. Yeah, someone was talking about that on my Facebook and they were like, this movie has a great twist and you got to watch it. And I was like, that's so weird. Like, I've never really heard of it ever. And then like in a matter of months, I've heard about it twice. Yeah, it's getting like a rediscovery. I think it ended up on Shudder or some of the one of the streaming services and it's getting a lot of eyeballs on it again. Okay. But yeah, it's City of the Dead is the original UK title because it's a British movie. Uh, and in America, it's also known as Horror Hotel. Oh. Yep. And I know that, uh, which really, that feels like it's a revealing plot, but it really isn't. It seems like an arbitrary title when you watch the movie. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, there's a scene with a hotel. So they're like, Horror Hotel, I guess. <laughs> but uh, it got played on uh, TCM over the okay. Halloween weekend. They were airing that one. So I think that's another thing. It's got eyeballs on it. But Yeah, what else did you watch? I was going to say, I also revisited on Halloween Day itself, uh, the original Frankenstein with okay. Boris Karloff, which I feel like that's one I've done before, but it feels like a perfect Halloween movie. It's one of those old classics that like, oh yeah, you watch this on Halloween. It just feels perfect with the atmosphere and the the visuals for this time of year. So old school Halloween for me. 
And that was also on something. Well, Bride of Frankenstein was talked about on something I watched recently and just how it's like a continuation of like the same night, right? Like it just sort of takes yes. off where the first one ends. Yep. A la Halloween 2 with Halloween 1. But like they weren't filmed like back to back. It just was. No. Like and just and that you can watch them kind of as one film if you were to choose to. Yeah, they were thinking hard enough that they were like, well, we killed the monster at the end of the first one. How do we bring him back? So that's where they jumped off that point with like. Or actually, I think they were talking about Halloween four into five in regards Ooh. to that, how like he falls down in like the well and like the old, isn't it very similar to Halloween? Yeah, that's exactly where they took that from, Frankenstein's right. monster. Yep, that's, that's what I'm thinking of. Even with John Carpenter with Halloween, uh, you know, John Carpenter is a huge fan of the old classics. Like he's straight up referenced the original The Thing uh, before he even remade it. He was referencing it in his movies and the old Halloween, you know, uh, the, the mummy and Frankenstein. Uh, the old ones so he's, he's an avowed fan of the classic cycle of movies how many times would you say you've watched frankenstein <sighs> probably a couple dozen easily maybe a few yeah. dozen in my life that was one we had it on videotape when i was a kid so i watched it a ton on video okay yep so it's a big one for me one of the important ones you do love the classics <sighs> i do love the classics hey and before i forget we did watch squid game Sarah oh, yeah? and I binged it. Uh, we started it like over Halloween weekend and got through it. Did you love it? I loved it. I absolutely okay. loved it. So uh, I can't wait. Yeah, check it out. I will say that it was kind of a rough, like the opening was like, this seems okay. I don't know why everyone's so crazy for it. But once you're a couple episodes in, you're all of a sudden like, I'm totally invested in this story. So it, it it's good though. I think- I would I would think you would dig it. Yeah, it'll be like a Halloween. We have so many shows to watch. And then there's a new one called like Yellow Jackets that has I can't even remember who. Like not Christina Ricci, but maybe someone like that. Some some female actresses that I really or you know, some actresses that I really love. And it's like about like uh some I don't think they're cheerleaders, but some sort of team. And they like crash their plane crashes somewhere. It's supposed to be like Lord of the Flies y, but like with like oh, girls. Okay. And it just sounds uh-huh. so fun. It's like Chloe Savini, someone like that, some fun actress, but it just started. Okay. I just like, like even with Chucky, like I really want to wait till I can like just binge them. Oh, yeah. I had a, I had a friend uh, email me not that long ago that he's not a, uh, he's not a horror guy, uh, but he, he's like, I, tuned into the Chucky show and now I'm hooked because he was looking for recommendations about following the child's play like mm-hmm. movie series because he was like is it like Halloween where like there's only certain ones that are canon now or blah 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 and I was like well no Chucky like the whole original run is one story so you can watch them all the way through because it's all Dan Mancini one guy still in control of it but yeah I keep hearing the series is super good so and the, the only danger in like waiting to binge something is like forgetting about it because then like once it's yes. come and gone people aren't talking about it as much so then it's just easy to totally forget about it yeah I did hear that speaking of because we have Chucky and then they did that day of the dead tv series yeah, yeah. I hear that's not as good yeah yeah I was hearing some some poor reviews for it that were kind of like uh, with something like Walking Dead already existing, which is like the ultimate zombie show. Like what's, if you're not doing anything interesting with it, what's the point? Yeah. So is it yeah. like Day of the Dead plot wise or just yeah, using I mean, the title? Th- they say that it is based on the movie Day of the Dead. So okay. um, I know it's like showing the beginning of the zombie apocalypse. So I guess it's supposed to be like a prequel leading into how they got into the point they are in day of the dead or like leading up to that but Hmm. yeah it's gotten mixed reviews so i'm like oh i'm not as excited to check that out anymore (laughs) yeah maybe like in a pinch but i have so many other things i really want to watch that hardcore cherry sucker or whatever it's called there's some show on netflix i know cherry oh yeah brand brand new cherry flavor yeah i heard that's fucking weird yeah it looks awesome and i can't there's some actress in it that i fucking love so Really want to watch that. There's just a bunch of shows, but I have Thanksgiving week off and then I have two weeks off for Christmas. Granted, one of those weeks will be in Florida with my family and a bunch of screaming children. So I doubt I'll be able to watch things like Chucky. But yeah, speaking of Day of the Dead as well, that also reminded me 
I don't think we've ever talked about this, but the in production is a indie zombie flick called Night of the Living Dead 2. Oh. Yeah, that's billing itself as like a direct sequel to the original Night of the Living Dead. But it stars the stars of Day of the Dead, the 80s oh. movie. Yeah, they're back as the like in a way it's like an unofficial sequel to Day of the Dead. Because huh. I guess they are like survivors on an island which is, as you recall, at the end of Day of the Dead, they flew away and found an island with their yeah. helicopter. So people are like, oh, it looks like it's kind of a sequel to that because it's people trapped on an island trying to stop zombies from getting on the island. So they're trying to pull like a David Gordon Green, like get the originals back. And yeah, it sounds like it, but on a, like a real, it's a real like an indie production. So I'm not expecting anything too spectacular, but I will probably check it out once it's out. Yeah, I'm totally down for that with like Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th. Like bring... Yeah some heather langenkamp or adrian king like i bring them back and do something fun and cool with it yep Corey feldman <laughs> he wants oh. to come back for friday the 13th so he's so horny for it yeah he is but i i'm not sure he's even acting anymore so it's like... he's in fanboy 13 oh my god i see pussy hair yep she is <laughs> climbing all over hey the upside so far is the cats aren't fighting so much i think the house is bigger so they have more space to not be in each other's business okay that, that is a plus that is a plus well shall we share our movies with each other i think so i go first this week you do right You've never listened before the whole crux of the podcast is us sharing a movie with the other person they haven't seen we watch them we come back and we talk about them the end. That's it. That's what or we the do. beginning. The beginning of the end. <laughs> so, Jeremy, what are you gonna give me? I am going to assign you, uh, and it's a perfect lead-in from my brother's email. Of course. Of course, I'm giving you Shin Godzilla. Oh, fun! Rob is gonna be so excited. And in honor of Godzilla Day being earlier this week, so. Yes, and I did a little post on our Insta as soon as we got off the call, because of course I didn't know it was Godzilla Day, because that's a you thing. Yes. But I did a little post. Awesome. I'm so excited. So, I mean, I, I know it's like Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> like, plot-wise. I, I don't know what different things could be done with it. I'm sure there's probably something a little in there. I know, you know, it. they talk about it being a little different than other things you've seen, so I think it's probably a little darker, maybe a little more, you know leaning into parallels in the earth and war and people, <laughs> you know, and then there's a big monster and yeah, I haven't heard about anything like with a sequel. So I don't know that it ends open, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. I'm excited to rewatch this because I've actually only seen this one once ever uh, and was not like a huge fan of it. The first time I saw it, I wasn't wowed by it, but it keeps floating around. All the other Kaiju fans keep telling me like, what's wrong with you? Shin Godzilla is great. So I'm like, all right, I'll check it out again. I'll re I think it was just not what I wanted from a Godzilla movie the time I saw it from a Japanese Godzilla movie. So we'll see how I feel on a rewatch. Yeah, I'm excited because I liked Godzilla so much, which I know Rob was like, you should watch Shin Godzilla because it's better than Godzilla, the, the most recent one. So I'll be interested to see how it differs. I feel like it's still got to be like good effects and everything like that. Just not quite as like slick as like the Hollywood one, like in my mm -hmm. mind, like it's going to be a little more rough around the edges, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't, I don't really know, but mm -hmm. I'm excited to check mm -hmm. it out. I think we'll have some fun with it. it it's also kind of funny that I was, Robert, my brother, mentions uh, Godzilla Final Wars, because in the sequence of movies, it goes Godzilla Final Wars, then Shin Godzilla. So okay. that was the one that came after Final Wars. So there you go. Let's check it out. All right. And I'm giving you Train to Busan. Awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've been wanting to watch this so bad, but I've held off. I've held off because I... I review the list and I try not to watch movies we have on the list. I know you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna give them to me one day. But I uh Train to Busan, I know it's floated around for a while, but it's like its status as like a modern classic seems to be growing recently because I keep hearing about it more and more. It was one of uh AMC theaters' thrills and chills, like secret movies. It was one of those. I think on on Shutter, the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs, he screened it like in his last season. So it's like 
it's becoming a bigger, more mainstream flick. I know it was kind of an under the radar, I think, when it came out, at least in America, because it is Korean, I believe. And I know it's a zombie movie. Uh, I don't know what they do with the zombies, you know, because to be a hit zombie movie nowadays, you have to have done something clever at this point uh, with it to make it feel fresh, because you can't just keep rehashing Night of the Living Dead or people are going to forget whatever the hell your movie was. So you got to do something new, whether it's like Shaun of the Dead being a comedy or Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead was his zombies. They they run all over the place like they're like athletes on cocaine, you know, just running all over. <laughs> yes. Um, so you got to do something that's going to make it memorable. So we'll see. I don't know what it is, but it's trained to Busan. So I'm assuming people got on a train probably to escape zombies. Maybe it's zombies on a train. I bet that's what <laughs> happens. Uh, and that that's it. That's the situation. It's Night of the Living Dead, but on like a big passenger train, I bet. And I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, I'm excited for you to watch it too. Cool. So it seems like a good pairing this week, like in regards to the movies being probably tonally yeah. in sync with each other. I would, yeah, I would think so. They're both, uh, as far as I know, B-movie fair but with yeah. like being treated like dead serious by the people making it. So awesome. And, yeah. and, and international, a rare double, double international uh, yes. pairing. We don't do that as often. So I think that's good. Yeah. Well, let's watch them and talk about them. Okay. Here we go. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. back yeah we are hey how are you good i hope you guys are still good you know seconds minutes later after the break for you your time but for us it's been days it's been days Days. and you know what maybe they took a break too and went and watched these movies maybe they did that would be cool i wonder if anybody does Does anybody do that write in and tell us message us let us know (laughs) does anyone do that do you stop and watch the movies and come back and listen to the rest of it scaring is sharing at gmail.com thank you <laughs> uh so i guess uh without further ado let's jump into it yeah um, buddy so our first flick was shin godzilla this tagline is really bizarre on letterboxd it goes reality and then in parentheses it says japan and then versus <laughs> <laughs> and then it says fiction and then in parentheses godzilla so I wonder if that's like a weird, did they literally translate something that like flows better written in Japanese than in uh, uh, English? But anyway, that is is queer. Yes. The description is when a massive guild monster emerges from the deep and tears through the city, the government scrambles to save its citizens. A ragtag team of volunteers cuts through a web of red tape to uncover the monster's weakness and its mysterious ties to a foreign superpower. But time is not on their side. The greatest catastrophe to ever befall the world is about to evolve right before their very eyes. So essentially every Godzilla movie. That's the description. Yeah, Yeah, I liked it. I... I'm not big into political things. And someone afterwards, I was like asking them if they'd seen it. They're like, oh my God, I love political satire. And I'm like, oh, is that what that was? (laughs) I had a similar reaction to you, but I love political satire, but I like political satire that like makes sense to me. Uh, I think part of it is, I know a big thing here is they're really laying into the Japanese government and its bureaucracy. And I'm not Japanese. I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, I'm not a citizen of Japan, so it kind of falls flat to me, the specifics of the satire, I think. Do you want to know the other aspect that was unfortunate in my circumstance is I couldn't find this anywhere. Like, it's not on any of my special sites. So I rented it from YouTube, Mm -hmm. and it only comes one way, and that's dubbed. Oh, no! Yeah. And I mean, yeah. while it's $4, like, I wasn't going to go spending $4 somewhere else. Like, I just was like, well, I'll just suffer through it. Yeah. But, like, it was not great. So, no. on top of it, it was rough. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah, I watched the subtitled version. Um, My brother happened to have this on Blu-ray, so I borrowed ah. his copy of the disc. So, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this subtitled. And, like, I was right in my little estimation. I mean, it's Godzilla, so it's, like, you know what it is. But, like, that it's a little more rough around the edges than, like, the latest 
American Godzilla film, which mm-hmm. is just so slick and super dark and just so, so good. And here I feel like it 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 is a little rough around the edges, but I like I appreciate it and it still looks good. Except for when like Godzilla first comes up out of the water, I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Why does it look like Momo or Moma uh-huh. or whatever that bird monster was that was on youtube killing yeah (laughs) yes it looked like that like the eyes and everything i was like what the fuck is this googly eyed um i believe it's called goji i think is the official name of that version okay okay yeah so he's kind of fun i do like the idea of godzilla being a multi-stage like organism in this one i do too evolves that's kind of cool like a frog yeah, and I, I I did like that once I sort of figured out and once it did evolve, which was a fun journey, especially like being like, what the fuck? Like not knowing that and then have it like slowly over time because that scene when it like gains its full powers mm-hmm. is, I don't know what the name of that is, but when it discovers its blue soul, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> like that scene lasers everywhere. was so fucking cool. Yes. I was just like, what? <laughs> like all of the, but I also felt super bad for Godzilla. Yeah. And I don't think people like in the original one probably did. They were like, oh my God, this big fucking monster. But like here, I'm like, eh, leave him alone. Yeah. It's just a creature that doesn't know what's going on. It's the first of its kind, clearly. And uh, you guys are trying to shoot it. Luckily, you know, the bullets do nothing to it and just bounce off. So. That was also very cool. But then when they just kept doing things to him, I was like, or them, I guess I don't know Godzilla is necessarily male. But when they just kept doing things to Godzilla, I was like, leave it alone. Yeah. And they were just <laughs> so rude to them. Yes. Them being Godzilla. Well, um, Godzilla did kind of kill a lot of people and destroy large chunks of the city, though. So, But like... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That also is weird because, like, I'm used to and what draws me to these big monster movies, even like Cloverfield, is the human side of things of people in peril. And here it is like that totally like that is just the back burner. Yeah, it's so impersonal. Like you barely see that much human carnage and the human characters themselves. That's the one thing in this movie that I think kind of still. you know, leaves me cold is the fact that I do not give a shit about any of the human characters. Like they don't even try to develop like anyone. They're all just government, you know, bureaucrats. And even the main guy that you follow around, that's like, I've got ideas. I've got plans to stop it. Like you don't learn anything about him. So it's really hard to connect to him other than he just doesn't want to die from a giant monster. Yeah. And I want to talk about the end just for a second. So if you want to watch this movie, I mean, it's Godzilla, but Feel free to skip ahead just a little bit. But like the last shot that we oh, see, yeah. are we supposed to think like, oh, as he's been killing people, they've been like just sort of molding into him? Or is he like made up of dead people? So or what did you take from that? I, I, I've read about it online too, because I think it's like, and I, maybe they left it open-ended. I don't know if they have an official answer. Either it's like absorbing people or this was like the offspring. It was about to give birth to new smaller things uh, and they stopped it just in time before it started like shedding off little ones that are going to all grow into big Godzillas too. Because that reminds me of Cloverfield. Yeah. Because like even though they don't really get into it, like it is those little things, those like little mites or whatever that fall off the big thing that are like in the tunnels and stuff. So that seems kind of similar to that. but Yeah, so it's either that or like mutated people that have fused to him now from, I don't know, something like yeah. that. One or the other. But I did love that image of him as like a giant statue. Yeah, that's cool. I, just the design of Godzilla in this too. It's like Godzilla by way of Satan by the time when Godzilla is the fully formed Godzilla. Like it's totally horrific looking. It is, and I like it. It's like it doesn't quite look as real as the most recent remakes. Oh, sure. But it does have a cool look. It is a little grittier and a little more grimy. Yes. And like, like textured. Like you just like you, it would be like touching a mountain. 
yeah there's a lot of yeah that's a that's a good idea a good uh uh, metaphor there there's a very stone-like like un unliving quality uh yeah. to this version but i i wish it would have been like like a godzilla movie where they're aware of godzilla kind of like scream is aware of how scary movies are and yeah i'm sure that there is a movie like that there's gotta be but like i wish there was a godzilla movie where they're like is this like Godzilla? Like the Godzilla movies we know from when we were kids? Like a, a self-aware yeah. sort of Godzilla movie, I feel would be so much better. Because they'd be like, well, maybe he just wants to be loved. Or maybe he's just trying to save <laughs> us. Like calling to mind what the other ones have been like. Yes. But it's not those things. Like it's like they, they're they aware of what Godzilla has been in like the mythology of film. But, he's but when now. it's there, it's like not. It is like a, a monster. Whereas here, I just felt like it was confused. And I didn't feel like it was there to cause destruction. It just was causing destruction. Yeah. Like, I felt like it... Because didn't they say it was created from, like, the radiation? And it's all that just gets lost on me. It's just, like, a bunch of words and ideas <laughs> that don't appeal to me, that I don't understand, whatever. I'm just kind of like, ugh, science, ugh more <laughs> yeah um it was yeah i believe they were tying it into and i wanted to look it up so i get it right fukushima uh there was a uh a nuclear reactor meltdown uh in recent years uh there that almost was a huge like global catastrophe but they stopped it from being that bad but yeah i think they're they're kind of tying it into that scary moment as like but the radiation for that created this creature in the uh in the sea and it was some commentary on you know nuclear power and the japanese government you know there's some digs at the u.s where we're just like of course the u.s just wants to nuke it <laughs> it's like that's their response is there if we don't stop it they're gonna blow it up with their biggest bombs so and i was like yeah, yeah some, dig some digs at the u.s deserve it digs at the u.s sure so. <laughs> but it was cool it did like if you could have cut out a good chunk of that political stuff, I would have been like, this is the greatest short film ever. Yeah, it's like all the monsters, all the stuff of Godzilla is super cool in this. And I love the idea of pushing Godzilla into more of a horror movie. Like this is probably the most horror, closest to like a horror movie of all of like the original had Godzilla as like, you know, trying to position him as a scary monster. This one and uh, in the 80s, there was... Uh, in Japan, it was released as the return of Godzilla because it was a movie that they did where uh, it came after the 70s, where it was the high camp. He was a superhero fighting other monsters. They did like a reboot, kind of like this one was in the 80s. Uh, that was, okay, pretend none of the other movies happen. Godzilla is this monster that comes and wreaks havoc and is terrifying, and that's it. And then they slipped back into a doing a bunch of movies of just him like fighting other monsters. <laughs> so it's like every so often they decide like, let's reposition him as like a scary force of nature and try and make that like harrowing and scary again. So it seems like every every couple decades they want to do that. And I feel like we talked about it at some point. Shin Godzilla means like new Godzilla. Yeah, Shin uh, apparently is, because uh, I was looking up on it, it's a word that can have a bunch of different meanings in Japanese. It's also a name can be used as a name uh and it's uh it can mean new or true or god uh so all of them kind of apply in this take i think okay yeah i'm glad to have watched it i think i'd rather watch this than some of those other ones you've talked about oh probably <laughs> um yeah for me this one is still like i don't think i loved it any more than the other time i watched it to me it's still kind of i wish i cared about the human characters a little more and the, the the spaces in between monster mayhem felt too long where I'm like, I just want to oh, yeah. watch him smash some more shit, like get back to that. So uh, that's really the downsides of this movie. And it's kind of like a middle of the pack one for me, I think overall, like I still like, I like my campy Godzilla, man. It's just the nostalgia is strong. That's what I grew up with. So I like the ones where, you know, Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla and Godzilla versus Gigan, where he's fighting other monsters. And it's really, colorful and crazy and it was just so weird like godzilla would be up like wreaking havoc and then like we'd go to the next day and they'd be like we don't know where he went i'm like he's <laughs> giant 
like how are you not keeping dibs on him and why don't aren't you following him and when he goes in the water why wouldn't you like see where he's going like yeah that was all you're, so confusing to me like, like, like he's, I, it's I the understand. size of a skyscraper you dangus go yeah. outside you should yeah dangus see him in the the city skyline yeah but i think there needs to be and there probably is but i feel like a, a very self-aware godzilla movie and uh heidi yaki anno i might be butchering that i probably am uh he was the director of this one uh, and he's also the creator of the anime Neon Genesis Evangelion. So uh, there's a lot of, if any of my fellow nerds out there are familiar with that show, this feels very much like an episode of Neon Genesis stretched out to like feature length. So you can definitely see that DNA there. Yeah, I heard those rumblings somewhere. And there's yeah, going to be funny. no, there's going to be no sequel to this. Okay. I did some digging online because people thought, of course, they got to do like they left it open ended. There's got to be a Shin Godzilla too. Uh, but Toho uh, decided they want to go in a different direction when they do another movie. So this is just going to be a standalone and they want to sounds like they want to go back to again, like they always do. They want to go back to Godzilla being a superhero and doing some fun stuff with him for the next the next flick they do. So, okay. Yeah, fine. That's, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. And there are plans that Toho is okay with the Hollywood, like the American version of Godzilla existing simultaneous to their version. So we're probably gonna be seeing these kaiju movies coming out of uh, Hollywood and Japan like at the same time. So there's probably gonna be parallel movie franchises in the future. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, Godzilla's more popular than he's ever been now. Like it's really blown up, so keep it going. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah, make that money. Merchandise the shit out of it. That's right. So, yeah, I guess that's uh, that's really it. There's not a lot to this. Actually, both of these movies, there's not a lot of uh, not too much nuance, I guess, really, when you get down to it. This is just a monster movie, Godzilla movie. Um, So, yeah, out of five, uh, uh, five mutant blood spewing tadpole googly eye monsters (laughs) that have emerged from the water. How many do you give it? I'm going to give it three. Oh, me too. Right yeah. At three. Right at three. Yep. Solid three. Well, that means we got one. Scare of approval. Yeah, buddy. Very we cool. We did it. Yep. Because it was good. It was entertaining. Recommend watching it if you like kaiju movies. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Go for it. Definitely check it out. Um. Again, like I said, it's not one of, it's not one of my most favorites, but it's good. It's watchable. Yeah, I'd much rather watch whenever that was the last Godzilla American movie. Yeah. Like okay. Three times before I'd watch this one again. Yeah, I uh, I'm a big fan of that one as well. The one with Brian Cranston and Aaron uh, yes. Aaron Johnson. Yeah. You know, I'd like to see a cut of this where all that political stuff is taken out. <laughs> I really would. <laughs> I feel like it would be this. Yeah. Also, this movie is like two hours long which yeah. I didn't remember it being that long. I'm like, that's too long. Too long for a Godzilla movie. You, there should be a cutoff of like 90 minutes, <laughs> I yeah. think. Uh, that's that's good. Cut out like a half hour, then we're talking. Yep. All right, well, let's move on to Train to Busan. Oh, and the tagline is, Life or Death Survival Begins. Martial law is declared when a mysterious viral outbreak pushes Korea into a state of emergency. Those on an express train to Busan, a city that has successfully fended off the viral outbreak, must fight for their own survival. Yeah, this movie... Whew, what a ride, man. They're riding on a train, and I was riding this movie. This was, this was, <laughs> this was harrowing. I mean, you're right. It's zombies on a train. That's what you said, and that is what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. It's uh, this is George Romero. It's Night of the Living Dead. It's Dawn of the Dead, uh, but on a train, um, which somehow it's George Romero meets Snowpiercer. Like that's what this movie is. Like they're stuck on a train, fighting for their life with zombies, um, and it was good. This was so good. Like, I'm, yeah, <laughs> I was blown away. I was when I was watching. Eli Ross history of horror they mm-hmm. were talking about it was like the the undead or the end of the world or whatever and they first talked about World War Z and then they got to this and they said Train to Busan would never exist without World War Z in regards mm-hmm. to how they do 
the zombies like yeah. that they like come spilling out over each other and just mm -hmm. the way that they are are is very much like world war z but somehow it's also its totally own thing and mm -hmm. i think it's there's so much there's such a great sense of humor and heart just those things i love from these kind of asian horror films like yes. like the host and Parasite, which I know is not necessarily horror, but like, I mean, I yeah. guess I'm, that and Host are the same director, but yep. like just that similar thing where like, there's always like this familial bond tied through it and a good sense of humor and just a good ride. Yeah, even a, a, even a super dark movie like uh, Old Boy uh, still has that. Uh, there is a vein of black humor running through it at the very least. And there's, there's just something so personable uh, and human about all these Korean uh, genre flicks that I've seen. So there it's fast becoming like a film industry, a spot in the world where I'm like, Oh, it's from Korea. It's going to be good. Like I'm definitely going to watch this because it's going to have something interesting to say or do. So yeah, this was, this was fantastic. I want to backtrack Real quick, though, why are people always trying to give so much credit to World War Z? I feel like that was a super mediocre movie, uh, and yet it still comes up in conversation as like, and it's never, I feel like it's never just audiences. It's always other filmmakers, like it's other industry people that are like, oh, by the way, uh, Brad Pitt's passion project, World War Z, that was a big flop. Like, we're still trying to like rehab its image. Um, I've never seen it, so I don't know. It's mediocre. I feel like I know you and you'd be like, eh about it it's a big blockbuster zombie movie but you know yeah so i can't answer your question yeah yeah one day you might see it and be like yeah i don't know why people or why why other uh horror like filmmakers want to talk about this movie so much but anyway back to train to busan a good movie yeah uh the characters though like man i really fell for uh the dude the the Soon to be new dad, that oh, character. Love uh, him. I call him wh daddy. What a great, I mean, he is a daddy uh, in more ways than one. What a great character. Like, he's kind of a dick, but he's charming um, and just very real. He feels like a real, you know, person uh, in this situation. Actually, most of the characters do. Yeah, I mean, you meet them all so early and you meet so many of them, but you're like, oh, okay, we're going to be following these people as we move along. And I cried twice. I mean, I've already seen this before, but I cried twice in this movie. Mm -hmm. It really got me. It's just very emotional. And that little girl is so fucking good. Yeah, it, it got it got me at the end too, man. Uh, uh, especially because they pulled it, because I finally realized what the song was, which is Aloha Oi. Uh, and that song, I don't know what it is about it, but it gets me every time I hear it. Like it always makes me emotional and it's something with I don't the melody. Know and it's just, it's the song she's singing at the end. You right. Know? But like, how do you know it? Uh, just from the world. You oh, know, it's oh, like, it's world. like, yeah, it's like the official song of, uh, Hawaii. Aloha. Hawaii. Okay. Or, oh, oh, I don't know. I can't. It's, you know, it's originally a Hawaiian national song and like, for some reason, every country musician has like done a version of it. Like Johnny Cash Weird. did it. Elvis Presley did it. Like it, it's like a super covered um, song, but it's got such a pretty melody. Uh, it always gets to me. So, yeah, it's real. Uh, I was like sweet. cheap shot movie, cheap shot movie <laughs> to get me with this one. <laughs> but yeah, it's just be and, you know, for as much violence as there is, I don't find it particularly gory. No, like there's not like horrifying things like you know body parts being eaten in intestines like there's a lot of people being killed and blood yeah. flying but it's not like super disgusting like some yes. zombie movies are yeah uh very tasteful um the only character i thought was a little bit like uh come on that's a little cliche was the uh the old man of course that turns out to be like i just want to save myself and i'll kill everybody else i don't yes. care like that was a little cliched, but it's like, okay, I can, I can take it. Yeah. A hundred percent. They're like, oh, the worst one of us all is the one who's not a zombie at all. Yeah, of course. That guy who's also like an old businessman in the suit. Right. That's just like, I don't care about anybody but myself and making money, which I guess it was kind of a foil to our main guy who we see like previous to this has just been so career focused that his family life is suffering. But but he rises to the occasion. 
And then there's like the two other like Train to Busan films, Peninsula and yeah. Soul Station. And one of them is supposed to be decent. And then the other one is supposed to be really bad. Yeah, I wanted to say Soul Station is the one I heard that was good. That's the one that's like animated, right? Because one right. of them is animated. Yeah, I heard that yeah. one was good. I heard Peninsula was mediocre, I think, is my understanding of it. Yeah, because I think Peninsula is the most recent one. And I feel like my buddies over at It's Only a Podcast talked about it and were just like, oof, no, 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 oh. no. Considering how good this movie was, like this was... Uh, and like I said, going into it earlier in the episode, how like I love zombie movies. Like I love zombies. Like that's one of my one of my jams and horror is a good zombie story. But to really be wowed by one now, kind of you have to do something special with it, or it's just like it's like so many others before it. Uh, but yeah, they did it. They did it. They nailed it. E even just putting it on a train. Just Changing the location to something we haven't seen frequently. And it always helps to have really good characters, like really developed characters. You listening to that, Shin Godzilla? <laughs> yeah. Develop your characters a little more. And uh, I think the movie will have more impact. I mean, it's the very reason I feel that regardless, I guess some people are like, I hate the show, but they still watch it. But The Walking Dead, like that's how that has lasted for, you know, over a decade on TV is because it's got good characters and good it's got character it focuses on the humans and the zombies are just kind of they're the problem to overcome but it focuses on the human story and i feel like that's what this movie did yeah agreed yeah i love it i can't recommend it enough it is just well well made yeah i think this is going in that list of when people are like what's like a modern horror you know classic i should see train to busan's definitely in that list now Yep. So I don't know what to say here. Out of five blackout tunnels, it's oh. horrible, but that's what I'm going with. Yep. Um, out of five blackout tunnels, how many do you give Train to Busan? Four and a half. That is exactly what I'm going to give it. Uh, weird. We're like so weird. rating twins this episode. Oh my God, we're on the same cycle. Uh, yeah, we are. Which means. Scare of approval. Another double fisted scare of approval. That's right. Check it out. This double feature is highly approved by us. Yeah. And I, a good, like a good pairing of films too. Not planned. I knew a hundred percent what I was going to give you before you gave me Shin Godzilla. Yeah. So it just worked out. Yeah, it did. It does kind of work. Cause they both have uh, uh, a little bit of uh, governmental satire going in there as like, you know, uh, about responses to emergencies, I guess. And like a, a community, a population in distress, like widespread, mayhem mm -hmm. all that. yeah i mean i feel like g giant well monster movies of any game rampaging monster and zombie horde movies they kind of go hand in hand they're usually pretty similar just switch out what's going on but yeah it works it works yeah it does cool well thanks for tuning in of course please reach out to us if you'd like scaring and sharing at gmail.com follow us on insta and um, we're just so grateful uh, that you're listening. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. We know uh, a few of you are listening for sure because you write to us all the time. So we're always excited to hear from you. Yes, gotta love that. Love, love, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And Jeremy, it's always a joy to spend some time with you. Absolutely. And if there's one certainty in every week it's that i'm gonna watch a couple of movies and get to talk to them uh, or talk about them uh and that's all i've ever wanted <laughs> in life <laughs> everyone that knows me knows jeremy can't shut the fuck up about movies so this is this is what i need yep between the two of us um every year we'll watch uh, roughly at least 100 horror movies and that's pretty exciting yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty crazy to think about it really is true that's just and then that's just the horror movies because i'm watching other stuff that's like not even horror related so it's like i wonder how many movies i watch in a year i should really track it don't you on letterbox i you know i need to be better about that i haven't been tracking very well so 
on Letterboxd, I track things I've seen for the first time. Oh, I don't, I don't do rewatches in there. Uh, usually you, sh- you should, there's a little, so, button you say like, I'm rewatching this. Yeah, I should really should. I kind of did. I didn't use that function because I'm like, there's movies that I've seen. I'm like, this is like the dozenth time or more. I've seen this. Like, do I really want to record like a million times of this movie? But maybe I should just for an experiment. Maybe yeah. starting, maybe starting next year, I will log every single one and see how many movies I watched in a year. I think you should. That's why it's there. Yeah, that's a good idea. But also you can do what you want. So. Yeah, it's my bad. I do what I want. Whatever. That's right. I, I skip school and I kill people or whatever. That South Park. <laughs> yeah. Episode what is. is the what is the rest of it? I can't remember. It's like yeah, and I covered it up. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. I do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know what you should do. Hail Paymon. And long live the new flesh. Death to Videodrome. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> Remember it. <laughs> Never forget. Hashtag. <laughs> oh, God. Well, we'll see you next week, everybody. And keep watching those scary movies. Because scaring is sharing. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.